Hollywood. Welcome back to the annual podcast awards. And now for the penultimate award of the night. The category is podcasts. The nominations are My Favorite Murder, Pod Save America, Serial, Friday the 13th, and The Joe Rogan Experience. And the winner is not Friday the 13th. Why were they even nominated? Oh, someone get those guys out of here. Oh, come on. Hey, hey, hey buddy, it, listen. It was an honor to be nominated. We have we have a big following in the gay horror community. Yeah, so it's a big following. You know what? We're going to leave. We're going to go. But, but guess what? But we'll be back. We still think we're the best. We'll be back. All right. It's time, everyone. It's episode 20. Get ready to get slayed. Get slayed. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? I just want them to suffer. I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. Since 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. We'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? I mean, I've had drugs um, put in drinks. I had liquor poured down my throat um, from being um, where there were rules in the house of no swimsuits, no clothes out by the pool area. I was raped numerous times in that house by numerous individuals, um, various types of sexual abuse, all throughout that house. Um, it was just something they that you were like a piece of meat to these people, and they they just they'd pass you around between them. It was if if I could define what that house was, it's evil. Welcome, everyone, to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. I'm Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And we're so proud to welcome you to our 20th full-length episode. 20 full-length episodes. Can you effing believe it? What a great round number. You know, one more year and this podcast can drink. Or one more episode in this. You know what I'm trying (laughs) to say. Whatever. (laughs) My jokes usually, my dad jokes always fall flat. Anyways... Um, welcome. This is going to be an exciting episode because today we're talking about Hollywood horror. And if you've never joined us on an episode before, we are a podcast that talks all about horror in real life. And then we talk about horror in the media. And we all do it from our little gay experience. Mm-hmm. And so we've got a couple of, um, 
We have two pretty harrowing um, Hollywood stories to share with you today. One old Hollywood, one current Hollywood. Which is represented in our media segment as well. Without a doubt. And then in our films today that we'll be talking about, um, because if it's your first time here, we always pair two films along with our um, with our main theme. So the films we have chosen are uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane from, mm-hmm. I can't remember what year. We'll get to it. We'll get there. And Starry Eyes. And like Andrew said, they both really do fit like sort of amazingly well so yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun and let's go ahead and jump into it so andrew you've got the old hollywood I aspect do. today tell us all about eddie mannix yes eddie mannix if you've never heard of this guy before it's probably pretty you probably haven't heard of him before because he's kept as kind of a like the uh He's the fixer of Hollywood. Hmm. So he was an executive and a producer from 1924 to 1962 at MGM, of all places. And um, he was kind of called in to do the dirty work, if Hmm. you will, of old Hollywood. And some of the things that he did are just insane. And I am excited to tell you about some of them. Yikes! So, amongst his many things, um, let's start with, because we haven't talked about this in a couple episodes, let's talk about rape. Yay! Um, Everyone's favorite topic. um, He was uh, alleged... He basically... So there's this actress called Patricia Douglas, and she was raped by an executive at MGM, and she actually took her case directly to the district attorney. She didn't go through like normal... Because she thought well, if I take it anywhere else, it's just going to get covered up. So I'm going to go directly to the district. And what, what year was this again? Um, this was in 1930, in oh, the 1930s. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so she went to the district attorney, pled her case. He learned about it, went in, and basically got the case thrown out. <gasps> So she never got justice for her rape on that. That's ridiculous. Um, Some other things that he did, I think the biggest thing that he did was with the actress Loretta Young. Mm -hmm. Um, Loretta Young was a co-star of Clark Gables during the filming of uh, The Call of the Wild in 1935. And they had an affair during this. Uh, He was married at the time. So surprise. She actually got... She actually got pregnant from wait, that wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that somebody in Hollywood had an affair? <laughs> yes, I am. This blows me away right yeah. now, folks. Um, but uh, So she got pregnant. Pretty much um, Eddie Mannix said, okay, well, if you're going to keep this child, because he was also accused many times of coercing women into ge- having abortions, um, he's like, if you're going to have this, we're shipping you off to Europe. So bye-bye. So she got shipped off to Europe for 19 months, where then she was forced to cover up her pregnancy by saying that she adopted a child while in Europe. So she adopted wow. her own child. What was her name again? Uh, Loretta Young. Loretta Young. I want to yes. read more about her. Um, he also was, uh, he dealt with Judy Garland's drug addiction. Wow. Um, and Mickey Rooney's uh, serial cheating. Uh, he dealt with all that stuff. Um, he also was allegedly, this is all alleged, you know, because obviously sure. nobody kept records yeah, of this exactly. stuff. But, right. um, so one of the big stars at MGM at the time was um, the guy who was in, oh God, what is his name? Uh, Wallace Beery. So he was in uh, things like The Big House, Billy and the Kid, okay. and The Secret Six. Um, and on December 20th, 1937, he quote-unquote, may have beaten a man to death outside of a bar. Oh, my God. So that man was no other no other than the guy who created the Three Stooges. <gasps> oh, my God. So they got in a fight outside of a bar, 
and he had two other guys with him. And I'm putting this in quotations again because it's never substantiated. I see but, the air quotes, folks. Um, I see them in front of me. It's allegedly that they beat him and then he died of his wounds the next day at the hospital. Okay. Can we just stop and talk about the irony of the creator of the Three Stooges being beat to being death? Being beaten to death. <laughs> Based, you know, thinking about the Three Stooges. And by the way, there might be some younger people out there who have never even seen the Three Stooges. If you haven't, it's a show where basically three Stooges it's physical comedy. get beaten up all yeah, the time. it's physical yeah, comedy. Yeah, it's physical comedy. Um, I, uh, this was probably not so comedic. I'm, no. I'm just guessing. So one of his biggest things outside of uh, the adoption case that he was responsible for, mm. or allegedly responsible for, because everything's a secret. Um, so he... Do you know do you know who George Reeves is? Uh Superman? Yeah. So he was in the original Adventures of Superman. So okay. the old black and white sure. Adventures of Superman. Well, at the time, uh, George Reeves had had a an affair with Eddie Mannix's wife. Really? But the thing is is that Eddie Mannix was so Catholic and his family was so Catholic that they didn't want to get a divorce. Oh my god. So it was an open secret. We'll get more on back to that in a little bit. So they'd, they'd rather have them cheat than yeah, get divorced. exactly. Oh, my God. So um, eventually, George Reeves fell in love with another woman and like basically had to cut off the affair. Well, right after that happened, George Reeves was found dead of an apparent self-inflicted uh, gun, gun wound. Gunshot wound? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that's the big thing around George Reeves' death. And they actually chronicled this. If you've ever seen the movie um, Hollywoodland... With no. Ben Affleck plays oh, George Reeves. I actually did see that. So that's kind of like the loose interpretation okay. of that. And question for you there too, mm -hmm. George Reeves is that same family no. as Christopher Reeves? No, I actually looked, Superman. No, I looked that up. It's a completely different family. What um, a it's, it's coincidence! George Reeves and then Christopher Reeves. Oh, that's right. So yeah. there is a, sure. like a little S. But no, sure. I actually looked that up because I was when I came across wow, this story, yeah. I was like, it's wild. That's the same Superman. It's like, it's like it's like so similar in name. It's like what? Yeah, and it's weird that they both played Superman. Wow, wow. Um, but yeah, so like I said, Eddie Mannix had quite the career. Um, he died of heart complications in his uh, like 60s. Wow. Um, but he was a huge influence on Hollywood and actually influenced the movie um, from the Coen brothers, Hail Caesar. Oh, okay, sure. Which I have not seen. Yeah. Um, it didn't appeal to me at the time yeah. but now kind of learning about some of more about eddie Mannix, i'm kind of like it. i kind of want to watch it yeah. so um if any of our listeners have seen that movie and think that we should watch it sure. reach out to us because um we want to hear from you yeah um so yeah that's kind of eddie Mannix and kind of old hollywood huh. uh, old hollywood also had those rules where um and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into baby jane but like where you belonged to a studio yeah you were owned. you were owned by a studio yeah. and they uh they they chose the trajectory of your career. You had no way of kind of choosing your own destiny when wow. back in old Hollywood. So it's pretty scary, to be wow. honest with you. And the fact that old Hollywood had ties with the mob and could have you basically killed off sure. is terrifying. Not only in your show, but in real life, too. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. My God. Oh, gosh. But um, any thoughts on Eddie Mannix and old Hollywood? Well, I mean, you know, just thinking, you know, as LGBT people, I'm sure that there were probably yeah. some LGBT or especially gay things that he probably covered and up. And I'm blanking on or, the bar right now, but there there used to be a mansion in Hollywood, yeah. and it was known as kind of like where queer people could go. It's like, Interesting. The, like the original kind of like 
gay bars, if you yeah, will, of yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, sure, and sure. it was an, I forget what the name of it is. I'll try to look it up afterwards and okay. uh, post something about it. But it was kind of known as like where like women. That's of, where they went. Women of Hollywood. It was most, and honestly, in this case, it was mostly women. Wow. So it was like more of like a lesbian kind huh. of like, where can we go to be with other women? Yeah, that's awesome. So I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And, uh, and kind of cool too. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's interesting. This is, you know, the stories aren't made, um, you know, out of nowhere. Right. It takes it takes doing, and you know, I, I I don't know. I guess like in the early, um, the early like golden age of films like this, like it's not that I I want to say like I understand because I don't, but it's like. <sighs> Well, I, I suppose that like there, the, everything was so new and that's fresh what I, that's and gold what I think. and shiny. Yeah, like I think it was that, like new, and well, that yeah. they made their own rules. Well, and it's sort of like how California is, like how California always is, right? Like, I mean, everyone goes to the, goes there to party and go crazy and have fun and just like let wild and let loose, and like especially like so many young people, like in like the best looks of their lives, mm-hmm. the prime of their lives, like they they had no like. They had no parents regulating them anymore. They had no this. They had no that to worry about. And they were finally almost like free. And plus, like yeah. if they were in the studios and making so much money, like I bet a lot of them just felt like they could do whatever they wanted to do. And like I said, like this is certainly no excuse for it. Right. But I, I wonder if the executives at the studios felt like we got to get this under control. Yeah. Because if we don't, then like they're, they're going to shut us down like with vice laws or yeah. whatever. So really shitty way to do that right like maybe instead keep in mind this is mgm still around today like how about instead like (laughs) maybe you don't enable them so much yeah like maybe don't give them so many drinks like no drinking on set no this no whatever like no copulating between like whatever like co-stars there's a whole lot of things that you could have done besides employing somebody like eddie fucking mannix to To just cover it up yeah to go either cover it up or like break someone's legs yeah exactly like what the fuck (laughs) so yeah i mean and i'm sure like you know thinking about the lgbt thing someone like this dude i bet like it, it wouldn't surprise me if you looked into his past and you saw like yeah he like beat up some some guy that he thought was queer yeah something you i wouldn't I mean? be surprised like, to be honest come with on. you. a name like a name like eddie mannix like come on i know that's, so i think that you have i think that you have some stories for us um kind of surrounding more uh more recent times yeah so the, the i i just have one story actually um it's not really even a story it's it's an ongoing saga yeah um and it's brian singer oh and, and everyone's favorite x-men yeah director. right and you know I'm, i actually i am sort of like excited is the wrong word but i'm glad that we have the opportunity to talk about it especially in this community because sure. we do have a lot of x-men fans out there and i just want to preface, you're talking to one right here absolutely and i want to preface all of this by saying that like if you're an x-men fan this is not like um a polemic against you no of course and not. like especially if you're an x-men comic book fan of course it's not like and or i mean or yeah i, I just want to say that and i'll, I'll, yeah, I'll leave it i get there. it yeah we're but, not trying we're not but, trying to offend no no no, no for sure but one something. but one thing i do i do want us to sort of talk about today while while we're talking about this particular issue is what do we do with films from brian singer he's very different than other folks that we've had to deal with recently right like harvey weinstein was a producer yeah. But like the directors and the actors made the films. Well, right? I mean, and we and have like people like um, what's his face that made um, Kevin oh Spacey. No, not Kevin Spacey. Um, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Woody Allen, whose um, whose films are now pretty much you know persona non grata. Like I got some news for you. Nobody's showing Woody Allen's films at like cinemas right now. Yeah, but that you know took I mean? like thirty years for that to happen. For sure, but but things things are so different now than they were even five years ago. So you know, like now that we know these things, what do we do with these things? How do we how do we you know go about like thinking about how we digest them and how we like sure. consume them 
Um, because especially like think about Bohemian Rhapsody. It, I mean, yeah, he was sort of sort of fired at the end of it, right? But by then he had already directed like ninety more of it, ninety more, percent of the of it, film, yeah. and that film grossed like seven hundred million, like in the first like whatever. So I mean, like it's it's a really serious problem because you know once again we find ourselves in the position of. There are people who are victims who are saying that they're victims, and we are in the 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 position where we need to believe victims, especially there's a lot of corroborating evidence. And that's sure. what I want to talk about is how, if you haven't read it, and I'm sure everyone's probably kind of familiar with it, but The Atlantic had an article in March of this year okay. where they interviewed over 50 sources. They talked to, I think, like a dozen different like uh, victims who have come out with that, with accusations. Can I just address your uh, first question? Like, what, what, question? Do we, what do we do? Can we get to with... that at the end, sure. though, first? Yeah, yeah, okay. Because I, I, think it's, I think we need to hear about the stuff. Okay, yeah. And then, because... The art is important because this is a podcast about like like you know it's about horror but also about movies. Yeah. Um. But like people actually may not be fully familiar with what's going on. So let, let's go over that first, and then let's definitely address that topic for sure because I I think it's an important question, and it's not one that I'm saying anyone has the answer to. No, of course. But not. I think it's one that we need to we listen. Need to think we give about. opinions on this podcast without a doubt <laughs> for sure. And so you know if you don't know who Brian Singer is, and that's that could be possible. Um, he's the director of the first three X Men movies. I right? believe so. Um, and he's also the director. I mean, he's, he's the director of a lot of films. He directed Apt People, um, which I'm sure a lot of you in the horror community know was based off of a novella from Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he directed Bohemian Rhapsody, like I said. His first big, huge hit was The Usual Suspects. Oh, yeah. Which also mm-hmm. had in it Kevin, Kevin Spacey, Spacey. <laughs> who was yet another you know creep that we have to deal with. Um, and through, um, it was actually apt people where things first started to get really weird for hmm. Brian Singer. And the reason why, um, if, you don't know the, if you don't know the story about people, just like a five second thing, it's about a kid who was played by Brad Renfro in this who mm-hmm. finds this old man in his neighborhood who's played by Ian McKellen he discovers that he was a Nazi right. in Nazi Germany and so Brad Renfro threatens to basically out him Expose to the him. whole yeah. community unless he tells him the story of all of the atrocities that he committed and so just a bunch of fucked up shit happens it's if, a, if you've if it's you've a really good it, it's a really good short story it's, it's a have, have you read it you've read yeah it? I've read yeah. the story um, have you seen the movie yeah and I think the movie's just like fine yeah sure but the, the story is really good do you remember in the movie the shower scene in, in the school mm, no I so don't so there's, there's a shower it's scene it's probably been 20 years right, since I've right, seen right. that movie there's, there's a shower scene in the school where Brad Renfro's character goes to school and in the scene like he, it's like it's like after gym class or whatever and he's going in to take a shower with the other boys and it's if it's one of those like old school kind of like shower rooms like like we probably yeah, had like an when open, we were middle school like an open shower room where the whole thing yeah. is open and so like you know the, the camera goes in and follows Brad and like you can see a lot like you can't see like full wing but you definitely see a lot of butt mm-hmm. and these are it was a mixture of both adults and minors and what happened on the you mean set it, so there are there multiple people in the scene yeah they're, okay. they're all supposed to be in high school gotcha but what actually happened on the set that day was that a bunch of minors had been contracted directly from the school in altadena california right by oh. la and the parents all were all aware that there would be partial nudity, but they all thought that that meant like, well, they're in a shower, so like it'll probably be like just my kid, like top half. my kid wearing a towel, and and his shirt will be off. And yeah. they were like, okay, we can do that. that. That's that's no big deal. Or they would have a speedo on or whatever. Not the case. Um, there were uh, there were a lot of allegations, and and there were a lot of lawsuits that came out of that particular scene because the boys said 
that they were pressured to disrobe completely. Oh, wow. And there was one person uh, in particular, his last name is Valdivinos, and he said that um, he his accusation was that Brian Singer saw him in the bathroom, followed him in there, and waited until he was done at the urinal. And when he turned around, Brian Singer was there and said, Ugh. you're so good looking, do you want to be in a movie? And then like he, he tells a lot, a lot of other things too, but part of what happened on the day on, on the set yeah. was that he was kept separate in another room, like kind of like around like the cameras and the lights. And he describes it in vivid detail that uh, Brian Singer eventually like, kept coming back and back and back, and he wasn't going on set. He didn't know what was going on. And Brian Singer came back and kept touching his chest the whole time until he finally came back and then reached under the towel and then masturbated him like while he was sitting there. And oh Valdivinos was like 14 years old at the time. So doesn't know what to do with that kind and, of situation. And he, and he, he, was, yeah. he was scared. I mean, like, like any victim of sexual assault, which we've talked about before on, on the show, when something like that happens to you, you freeze. You don't know what to do. Yeah. And especially if you're 14 years old, you really don't know what to do. Um, Valdivinos was a great student in school. Um, he was, you know, an A and B student. He was a star on the football team. After that, his life tanked. Oh. Um, he uh, he dropped out of school. He got a girlfriend pregnant. He worked minimum wage jobs for years until he finally went back and got so his. So he GED. was he was in fact straight. I mean, he was straight, but it but it doesn't really matter anyway. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just yeah. trying to put together. Like, I mean, the... I it, I don't know of many of the sources to be honest. Okay, because um, he doesn't say one way or the other. Like, in, because in we should mention that Brian Singer does identify as a gay he does. Man. Yeah, yeah, he does. And so saying like that is outside of like you know when we run into a lot of these stories about right. about rape allegations and um, you know we covered a lot of it in episode nine when we talked about our college cover-ups uh, this a lot of times involves like straight white sure. males yeah. and it, it's very interesting to see that this comes from the gay community Ex- and well, so exactly. it's it's not exempt it's from not, that the, kind of not behavior yeah and and it's unfortunate because it reinforces the stereotype that gay men are pedophiles right. and so it's like so it's it's so doubly wrong when the, when these sort of things happen um and blah 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 blah, blah. I, I could talk more about him the point is his life just went down the toilet sure it's the same thing that we hear over and over again from other um accusers of brian singer is that after this thing happened and especially after they came out and told other people yeah their lives went to shit yeah they were addicted to drugs they they suffered ptsd well, and a lot of times that addiction to drugs happens within the abuse without a doubt because they're you know a lot of times you know i think you know, there's other parts in brian singer's story where he invited a, a lot of underage or just 18 kids to his house for pool parties for the brian single pool uh, pool parties which I, I've, <laughs> I've i've made a joke before where you know i often say like there's more twinks than a brian singer pool party um but i mean it's the it's the truth this is what he did and and the thing about this particular article that i like so much is that and I'll, I'll just read this to you um and this is near the beginning of the article uh directly from the atlantic we spent 12 months investigating various lawsuits and allegations against Singer. In total, we spoke with more than 50 sources, including four men who have never before told their stories to reporters. A man we'll call Eric told us that he was 17 in 1997 when he and Singer had sex at a party at the director's house. Another we'll call Andy said he was only 15 that same year when oh he and gosh. Singer had sex in the Beverly Hills mansion. Both men say Singer, who was then in his early 30s, knew they were under age 18, the age of scent in, in California. 
They asked the Atlanta to, to conceal their identity for fear of retaliation and because they didn't want certain details about their past made public. The retaliation part is especially important because you hear that from other people on down the line yeah. that they've seen how powerful he is. It's a lot like Harvey. He's sort of like the gay Harvey Weinstein. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like it's, it's very synonymous with the, the Weinstein thing where um, anybody that's kind of come out against him, their career has literally just tanked without a doubt i mean i'm thinking people like rose mcgowan Mira sure. sorvino um uh oh god um what is the uh i'm blanking on her name right now mm. she was in double jeopardy i mean there's so many double jeopardy who is in um double jeopardy? uh winona judd no ashley judd ashley judd ashley winona judd, judd. <laughs> sorry um and the thing is that he still continues to wield power, right? right? So not only is he rich as Roosevelt, but then also, directly from the article, Singer continues to enjoy the benefit of doubt in Hollywood. This fall, Millennium Films, well, I should say last fall, signed Singer to direct Red Sonia, an adaptation of a sword and sorcery comic book for a reported $10 million. Asked why Singer was hired, despite the allegations against him, a Millennium publicist said, I'm afraid the response is unavailable for comment. The protagonist of Red Sonia is a survivor of sexual assault. And I think he's been recently replaced in that. In has, that. has he really? I think so. Well, yeah, I, th- I, think I think the controversy came out. I mean, th- thank goodness, but also like, you know, uh, not almost not soon enough. Um, it's it's there. There are so many allegations and we, we will post the article yeah, on, for sure. on our social channels. Um, but, you know, the the most important part of this is that within the article as well, they speak with a clinical psychologist the whole time who who's, oh, a, who's, good. who's an expert, obviously, in yeah. this sort of thing. Um, and his name is David Lisak. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people, especially with boys, and we talked about our own sexual assault experiences yep. on this show before and about how we didn't tell anybody for a very long time. It took me until the show to actually come out about yeah. it. Um, and, you know, one of the things that David Lisak says is boys are expected to be strong capable of defending themselves and far less vulnerable than girls. As a result, they are very likely to blame themselves for the abuse that they suffer and are therefore less likely to disclose the abuse until much later in their lives. Yeah. I mean, I think that kind of goes for masculinity in general is that we, as little boys are told that we have to be tough and the upper, you know, stiff upper lip and to basically take it, you know, take it with a grain of salt and then take it like uh, a man. Yeah. Take it like a man. Um, and then kind of, you know, I, I've never been told this, but I know a lot of people that were told from a very young age is that you need to be the aggressor so that nobody aggresses to you. Right. You know, and that's not a good way of (laughs) telling kids to do things. One, one more thing to mention about Brian Singer before we tackle that question is, is how he surrounds himself with people who have already been, convicted oh, of, of these sorts of things so it's like a little uh, a boys club if you will honestly yes and it, and it really matches up with like um which of the cory cory feldman that, that oh. cory feldman's not dead right no he's alive yeah so cory like, haim is Co- the one that so cory cory feldman coming out you know last yep. year well in the past couple of years talking about how there is like a ring of pedophiles and they just pass boys around. Yikes. And so, you know, here's one, you know, cute boy. We'll, we'll put him in a movie. We'll give him the thing. And then now he's, a, he's our, our play toy, basically. Um, and that's Ugh. sort of, it's, it's disgusting. And that's sort of what, what, what happens with, with this circle around Brian Singer. And um, one of the, the things that uh, people might not, underst- might not know about um, was how uh, Brian Singer was an investor in something called the Digital Entertainment Network. Um, and this was run by Mark Collins Rector, who was okay. the founding CEO. And the Digital Entertainment Network, or DEN, uh, it, pro- it, yeah, right. it produced TV shows and movies for 14 to 24-year-olds 
with an emphasis on stories for gay teens. Um, it, it should be said that Brian Singer was not the only investor. Yeah. There were actually really big investors in this. is sounding this. familiar now to yeah, me. Yeah, re- really big investors. For example, Microsoft, NBC, Dell, do you have any, Chase Capital Do you have any Partners. movies that came out of this? I don't no? know. Okay. They do mention one TV show in here, but I, I had never heard of it what before. What is it called? Um, if, if I come across yeah. it, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it. Um, but there were... Um, Colin's rector was... His partner was was a 17-year-old. Um, and like yeah and and like everybody knew this um his name was chad uh chad shackley and then they also brought on another 17 year old brock pierce um who was in uh the mighty ducks movies um oh. and they made they made pierce an executive vice president and his salary was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and he moved in with them um, no. and, um den <laughs> no. had all these different parties uh at their mansion in beverly hills um, it was all boys. For their demographic. Sure, right. It was all boys. And they would do screenings. And the screenings, um, there was one person who's mentioned in here, a source, who tried to go into one of the screening rooms. Um, and a bodyguard stopped him, or a security officer or whatever, and said, kids only. And later he found out that they were showing porn to this movie theater of Come young on. boys. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Do young boys watch porn? Yes. Should you yes, be but, showing it to them as adults? But we obtain it illegally on the no, internet. No, <laughs> exactly right. But, like, does that mean you show it to them? My God, no, you fucking freaks. Yada, yada, yada. Collins Rector was eventually um, convicted of a felony for transporting a minor across state lines for sex. He was arrested in Spain. He spent two years in jail there. Um, he was sentenced here for time served. Um, and... Um, and then, uh, and also branded as a sexual uh, predator, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that like. He, yeah, he, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. He, was, he was like marked legally as yeah. that, or whatever that's called. Um, so the directory, it, right? That's just one of the people that that Brian Singer surrounded himself with. And then just to like kind of like close up shop on Brian Singer, we know that just recently he was uh, he settled out of court with one of the people in this article for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, so it's, that's what you're worth. It's people. it's the same amount that he actually offered to Mark Egan who was one of the first accusers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mark Egan uh, rejected that because he didn't want to sign the confidentiality confidentiality agreement. Good. Um, and then Mark, Mark Egan, unfortunately, his case really tanked because um, they found like some inconsistencies. Of course. Well, which, he has like the best lawyers. Right. Yeah. And so David Lisak, that child psychologist that I mentioned, you know, one of the things in the article that he talks about is how in these sorts of cases, he's seen it over and over again, where because a victim has PTSD, because they have a lot of um, extenuating circumstances from the actual trauma of the assault, there are naturally going to be inconsistencies. They, mm-hmm. they, can't, they can't be expected to remember every single detail because compounded over the years, things become very harrowing and very hard to remember. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not a surprise that this guy, who unfortunately had some other things in his life, which shouldn't be a surprise because just like the other boys that I mentioned, he had PTSD, he had drug problems, he had this, he had that. So they painted a terrible picture of him and now that guy's life has gone down in flames even further. Um, but just to say, like, there's, like, no defeating him. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll see what happens now that this case is settled. We'll see if, you know, if uh, the DA there has more to bring against him or It'll something like that. It'll be interesting to see how a case like this evolves. And I don't mean interesting in, like... I'm like, I'm like excited about it, but it'll, no, it'll be, it. it'll be interesting to see how this evolves as, um, our culture continues to evolve. Sure. And, you know, we are, um, getting not as afraid to call out some of these bigger, yeah. p- these bigger stars, like Kevin Spacey, like whoever thought Kevin Spacey would be pulled down from uh, yeah. uh, gay, like sex 
and hey assault. you know what the, the the i remember the kevin spacey thing when, when that came out which was pretty recently really yeah. and i remember talking about it on facebook and i had a lot to say about it and i was very angry and i was very upset at him of course yeah and just very fiery as i usually am and i had friends that are our age yeah. right now okay I, our age and even younger who were basically telling me that like yeah it might not be totally okay but like oh well and I was just like, what literally is the fucking problem with you yeah. that you think in any world, even if it's a gay thing, that that's okay? I, well, I think that's the whole, it's the Hollywood effect. It's, exactly. It's these people that we've put on pedestals that we we don't want to take down because we've held them to such high regard. But... Boing, right there. Can we talk about that question right from what you just yeah. said right there? Yeah. I think it's a perfect segue. Yeah. So I think what we want to address in the last part of our horror in real yeah. life is how do we how do we deal with that entertainment going forward? How do we deal with um, you know, the X Men movies? How do we deal with American Beauty? How do we deal with those kind of uh, usual suspects? I mean, there's a double whammy right there. How do we deal with those things? And um, I guess from my opinion is I think we have to look at them as separate things. I think that there is the art and then there is the person because just because Brian Singer and um, Kevin Spacey were a part of usual suspects doesn't mean that usual suspects was not littered with uh, talent and people that are good people. Well, let me ask you this though: Like, do you sure. do you want? So, I like I think Usual Suspects is different from like X Men, for example, because the X Men like that was already done and like and done. I think the last one is maybe a little questionable because that like when did that come out? Twenty fifteen. The last what? The last X Men. It literally just came out this year. The the one that he did though. X Men. Um, oh gosh. Uh, two thousand. It's been a while. Nine ish. Oh, so the, okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's further back than I thought. Okay, so those are a little bit talking different. about the Last Stand. Yeah, yeah. Those are a little different because like he, Brian Singer isn't in the movies. You know what I mean? Where like with Usual Suspects, Kevin Spacey is actually in the movie, and so like for me, it's a little bit. And I love the Usual Suspects. I c- can't watch it. Because oh, interesting. because Kevin Spacey's in it, and I don't I don't like watching him. And it's, it's the same way that I feel about American Beauty. I just I don't want to watch his stupid face ever again. Yeah, I, but I, like I, Brian Singer as a director, I could I I can see people still liking the X Men movies. Sure, because even though he directed it, like he, that's he's only, not there. I don't I don't know Does if that he, makes sense. Like, I, yeah, but it, with these movies, I think what we tend to forget is that the director plays such a minor role when it comes to the overall product when there is producers involved when there are writers involved when there are cinematographers involved when sure. there are actors involved it's it's so multifaceted that i don't think we can take down a movie sure. for one person but, but that's I, just my personal I, opinion I, I do think that once we know then then we have to close the gate and I, I think, I think that's the problem that I have with Bohemian Rhapsody, which I, I still haven't seen. I it. haven't seen it either. And, and I, and I, I love Queen. I love Freddie Mercury. My whole thing with that movie is not necessarily the Brian Singer effect. My whole thing with that movie is more of the Queen effect. Uh, well, I think that too. I, I think there are a lot of problems there. But as soon as I, and I didn't even realize that he was directing it. As soon as I heard he was, he was the director. You're out of here. Yeah. Um, because now now I know. And it's just like with everything else. Like when you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. But when course. you know, you know. Yeah. And so how can you keep supporting it if you know like the the people that are are making the benefit off of this thing? And I suppose that we, we can make the argument like, well, Hollywood's kind of dirty all over the place, so you never know what you're, you know, supporting. But I don't not, think we can not do really. That, though, like, yeah. I mean, come on. Like it's that that's we we know about these accusations. And would, would we ever let Harvey Weinstein produce something again? Not sure. 
That's, yeah. a, that's how I feel about it. Well, I think we should close it out because we're going on about 30 minutes now. Oh, that was good stuff, though. <laughs> um, but we uh, have enjoyed talking about uh, yeah. as much as you can enjoy this stuff. But it, sure. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting topic. Uh, I encourage you to look more into it on both cases and inform yeah. yourself. Um, but we will take a quick break and come back with What You've Been Watching, Bitch. What You've Been Watching, Bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for the segment that we know and love. What you been watching, bitch? What you been watching? bitch and if you've never been to a show with us this is literally where we just talk about some of the things we've been watching yeah and we, we used to do this like every other episode now i think we just do it every episode and yeah i gotta tell you i'm okay with it we'll, we'll do questions in the near future oh we haven't done that in forever yeah we will because i, I want to get some next episode yeah next episode okay too. yeah mark, mark it mark it here done mark. post it got it <laughs> um but uh do you want me to start or would you like to go first i'd like to start go ahead um because it's especially poignant for today's episode um i just saw this week once upon a time in hollywood ah the quentin tarantino yes and i gotta tell you i absolutely loved it if you're a Tarant- oh, good. if you're a tarantino fan i think you will too um i'm not going to tell you much about it but it's uh it's it's wonderful it's all in 1968 and 69 um, and just to and, give everybody a, a quick alert, in yeah. this segment, we do not spoil things. Oh, yeah. So you don't need we never to, spoil things here. You don't need sure. to skip ahead. Um, yeah, no spoilers at all. Um, and with this, um, the first two acts, you're going to find yourself going, huh, this is pretty different for Tarantino. Sure. And then that third act, you are going to start cheering in the theater like I did and laughing hysterically because it is pure Tarantino. Um, and I think altogether, it just sort of becomes... Uh, the uh, yet another installment in the genre, I think that we can just call Tarantino. I loved it. Brad Pitt was fucking awesome in this. Cool. So good. I want to see it. Yeah. I'm not always there for Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I'll be totally honest, but yeah. um, this this looked good, oh, yeah. and I liked that it was kind of a a take on a story that you know, yeah. but maybe from a angle that you don't know. Oh, oh, big time yeah. for sure. So. And 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 like also honestly, as like a buddy sort of sort of like Western film in a, in a weird way, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt were solid. Huh. It's a really great film for cool. both of them. I think you'll have a great time. It's a little long, so just keep that in mind when you go to see it, like a lot of Tarantino <laughs> movies. Um, but you know what that means? You have more time to drink, so get more drinks. There you go. <laughs> What's your choice? Um, so I will keep on the uh, new in theaters route, and uh, we went and saw... Saw? Yeah. Something sure. Saw. Crawl. Oh, the, uh, the, the alligator, alligator movie. movie. Are they which, are they in Florida for this? Yes. Oh, thank so God. It My is, favorite state. I, I'm not even going to lie to you. This was the most fun I've had in the theater in a long time. Really? Yeah. It's it's just that movie. It's okay. straight up just fun creature feature. Back in the days when we had things like Deep Blue Sea and things like that, this is that, but with, um, I almost said crocodiles. Uh, it's that with alligators. And I actually had to look up alligators versus crocodiles after this. Is there a big difference? There is. It's the, their snout and how big they get. Oh, okay. So alligators are the ones that get real big and they have like the, the wide bill. Interesting. Whereas alligators kind of stay a little smaller and they have like pointed bills huh okay um and um, alligators are the more the ones you hear about that were involved in like attacks I essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. um but uh yeah this movie is essentially about there's an oncoming hurricane in florida and this girl goes to the university of florida and she wants to go check on her dad because he's not answering his phone and um they go to their childhood home and things ensue from there so wait you're telling me that there was a hurricane 
in Florida. Yes. Wow, I would have never guessed that. <laughs> um, good. You know what? I, you know what I love? Terrible things happening in Florida. I'm going to see this movie. It's for I'm, sure. honestly, Maddie. It is. It is a ton of fun. It is. A solid eighty-eight does, minutes. Does, does that does that gator go but go through Leesburg, Florida, by chance? I don't think. Ah, uh, so. damn! I, I wish I wish it would. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. It's short. Time. It's short. It's sweet. It's a perfect summer movie. Honestly, go it, see Crawl. It, it does look really good, and especially because, folks, if you're not from Chicago, you may not have heard that we had an alligator loose in Chicago. Yeah. Not even fucking with you right now. You may know that Chance the Rapper is from Chicago, but you don't know about Chance the Snapper. <laughs> Literally, we named the the motherfucker citywide. We named him Chance the Snapper, which. I'm Honestly, it was probably someone's pet that they let loose in a pond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of weird. But all right, what's your next pick? My next pick is uh, Stranger Things 3. Um, I'm sure pretty much all of us have finished this by now, uh, but I'll still keep it spoiler free. I really loved it. Um, There's I, one thing I'm not going to keep spoiler free, so just FYI. Okay, fine. Um, we always break the rules in, in every second. Well, no, it just it correlates to our it correlates to our podcast so much That's that fine. I, I yeah. can't not talk of course about of it. course of course for stranger things three though um i i just i fell in love with it i i love where the how the kids are growing i loved the character development um i thought um the the ending of it was so beautiful i i just cried so hard at the end did of it, it feel to you like an ending like an no, ending no no it didn't it didn't it to me it, i feel like there's going to be more and I feel I, like there's going to be more, but I feel like they might go outside of the kids. Um, and the, and you know what? I think if they do, I, like, I was a little worried about about it going into the season. Um, that quickly went away for me. Yeah. Um, if no, they, I if will they, say if they take some new directions, I think I might be on board with it. I will say this was my favorite season since season one. Me too. I, uh, season one was an outlier just because we yeah, didn't, it was we so did, different. We didn't know what we were getting. Right. Like it was so unexpected. Yeah. And then season two came and it went like sharply down yeah, for me, but right. I still was into it because yeah, of sure. like the nostalgia factor. And right. I just kind of got sick of like the will like will will be will or will will not yeah, be will exactly. um and so the going to this season i didn't know again what to expect but yeah. the way they took it i was i was very surprised and delighted i loved it yeah. I, re- I really loved it. i did too i really liked it but the the one part i did want to talk about is there's a certain song in the last episode that is saying uh, yes. and i'm not, I, I won't i won't i guess i won't spoil it to that effect but um we so me and maddie obviously live apart we live in two separate you know two separate houses and um we were both sitting on a sunday night and um all of a sudden i i was like i gotta text maddie about this and then i literally as i'm sending my text he sent me his text about a certain song that is saying in the last episode i think i think my text was like girl you have to finish stranger things immediately and text me right away and mine was very similar exactly and we were both like oh my god total jinx we just hit that spot at the same time because we released our final friday's favorite movies and that's all i'm gonna say so listen to that final friday's faves movies because it was it. really good and you'll get it what's your next choice my next choice is a movie that i actually just watched last night after we watched the movies for this episode God, you had time for another movie yeah i'm a night i'm Jesus a nice person i just can't i can't sleep sometimes yeah. so, but um i watched this movie called mfm which if you don't know master of fine arts is kind of what that stands oh for. mfa you said mfm you're right Wait, yeah, 
You're right. MFA. MFA. <laughs> MFA. <laughs> Sorry, brain fart. It's okay. um, MFA. It, it's on Amazon Prime if okay. you wish to watch it. It was a movie that I remembered another podcast talking about, and I can't remember exactly which one it was, but um, it's basically about this girl who is sexually abused, and um, what she decides to do in the wake of that is that she's going to go around, because she doesn't get justice through her school, just like our our people in episode nine. Um, and so what she decides to do is go ahead and look up some of the local cases around that have not gotten justice and go serve them justice herself by killing them. So yeah, I would recommend um, MF, MFA. <laughs> Good. I love that. Uh, one more, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my last one is The Farewell. It is not a horror movie at all. As our listeners know, I often uh, select I want to see this, though. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, it's directed by Lulu Wang. Uh, Aquafina is in it. Uh, it is the story of a Chinese family, um, uh, both in America and in China. And uh, the grandmother, this is not giving anything away, the grandmother is dying. Um, from like stage four cancer and the family and the doctor all to have a wedding in China um, so that everyone can see her one last time. Um, It is very sad as you might imagine, but also I think it's actually more funny than sad. I laughed a lot in it. Um, The ending was devastating for sure. Um, So yeah, I'd say go see it. Uh, It's, it's absolutely worth it. It's something that you haven't seen before. Um, and also it, it's in Chinese, which I think is wonderful. I mean, there are subtitles, of course, but like it's, I, I love hearing the Chinese language yeah. and it's a lot of fun to listen to I and think it's so I, beautiful to listen to. I think I honestly teared up during the trailer. What's your last choice? Um, my last choice. And then I have just one thing that I want to like, just cause it's on our okay. podcast, but, um, uh, I watched the Scream TV show on VH1 that they switched the channel from MTV to VH1, and they completely switched up the cast. So this is not the Scream TV show that was just on MTV a couple years ago. They completely abandoned that project, and they brought in Queen Latifah, and she what? executive produced a new Scream TV show. Oh my god. And I'm here to say that it's pretty awful. Mm, not a surprise. It's, I mean, the 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 two things that it's got going for it is that they brought back the original mask and they brought back the original voice. But that's it. But it's not good. That sucks. And you can tell. You can tell that they knew this was not good because they released it over three nights on VH1. To get it out there and get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to not, not keep the, the knife twisting so, over and over So, unfortunately, again. I can't recommend it outright. I yeah. mean, if you're if you're a huge Scream person and you just want to see it for the nostalgia factor, I'd say go for it. It's yeah. a quick watch. It's six episodes, so sure. like, it's not that it's not that much, but if you want to see a much better series, I would reckon back to my original um, uh, original recommendation sure. from a couple episodes go and go and just watch slasher or just or just watch the films again they're, yeah. they're always going to be good for you um and then the last thing i just want to uh toss out there because yep. i don't think i've talked to you about it but sure um there's a show on mtv called are you the one are you familiar with this program no. uh-uh. so up to up until this point um are you the one i've never watched it before this is i'm i'm only tuning in because of what i'm about to talk about but um it's basically like a dating show but all these people go on there and love experts have previously paired them with someone else on the show, but they don't know huh. who that person is. So you got to kind of date around and get to know people. And if you correctly get all of the couples right, it you win a million dollars. The collective wins a million dollars. So it's, it's 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 sloppy people like it's MTV whatever yeah of course. Um, but what's really interesting about this season and then for the first time ever they are doing a completely sexually fluid whoa like cast of characters oh wow so everyone on there whereas before it was men with women yeah 
everyone on there can either go with a man or a woman. Oh, wow. So it's just really interesting to see. So they're all bisexual? They're all either pansexual or bisexual. Wow. Um, there's, a, there's a transgender man on there. Wow. Like, it's just, it's, it's, that's awesome. It's actually kind of fascinating. Obviously, they're kind of garbage people, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. Like, hey, listen, LGBT people can also be very garbage. Yeah, exactly. Let's just deal with that. I know an awful lot of trash in my life. So it, I would recommend it if. I always come after everything from like a sociological perspective. That's why I love Survivor so much. I just like when you put people together and you force them to do something like what happens. Yeah, I just I I mean ever since like the real world, (laughs) I've always been fascinated by that. So knowing that there is a completely like sexually you're sort of like your own torture experiment. Oh, I know, I know, person. I I love it. (laughs) Um, But just knowing that there's a a sexually fluid season of something on something as mainstream as MTV, I'm just like. Okay, that's awesome. Like I'll watch it, but you know yeah. it's good. You know, I've I've really, uh, you know, I I think you and I are almost like old men in in the yeah. gay community anymore, right? And so, like when we were coming up in the world, like pansexual wasn't even a term no literally and bisexual just meant that you were on the road to being gay i mean remember how controversial it was to have the guy on season two of the real world that had oh yeah yeah for sure right i mean like for us it's very different so i like i think even still like i'm still surprised anymore when i see like pan stuff and and a lot more like by um not uh what's what i'm looking for like by um visibility yeah in, in the world like it's still like amazing and wonderful to me when i see it happen so i think that's that's really really cool so yeah i i would recommend it if you like um reality tv with a twist and if you like people having sex yeah all that being said that was fun <laughs> yeah so i think we will take a quick break and then come back with whatever happened to it's baby, baby jane, jane. to daddy his address is heaven above I've written dear daddy we miss you and wish you were with us to love instead of a stamp I put kisses the postman says that's best to do Welcome back to Friday the 13th Horror Movie Podcast. We're on our movie segment now, everybody. Get excited. Today we are starting with a little movie from the 1960s. Maddie, what movie will we be covering? This is 1962's Whatever Happened to Baby Jane with Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Yeah, this movie. Interesting. This is only my second watch for this one. I love this one. I've only seen it twice. It's a classic. Why don't you tell us about it? Why don't you tell us the the plot and the notable cast? I'd love to. Um, So this is a tale that almost redefines sibling rivalry. Faded actresses Blanche and baby Jane Hudson live together. Jane was by far the most famous when she performed with their father in vaudeville. But as they got older, it was Blanche who became the finer actress, which Jane still resents. Blanche is now confined to a wheelchair and Jane is firmly in control. 
As time goes by, Jane exercises greater and greater control over her sister, intercepting her letters and ensuring that few, if any, from the outside have any contact with her. As Jane slowly loses her mind, she torments her sister, going to ever greater extremes. Thank you to Gary KMCD for that synopsis <laughs> on IMDb. Um, but you know, I'm sure a lot of you have seen this very classic movie, um, which is a you know sort of a horror adjacent suspense thriller. Um, one of uh, I think my favorite horror films. Watching it again, I haven't watched it in a while, but yeah. going back, I forgot really how brilliant this film is. Um, very disturbing to watch, um, even for a movie from 1962. Um, so yeah, great film. Yeah, um, I think. Oh, and notable cast too. Of yeah. course. I mean, I already mentioned Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Um, there are some other folks in this. Let me just go. to I the mean, cast they're they're right the now. they're the big two. But but the, those are of course the big two. Uh, uh, actually, Betty Davis's daughter was actually in it. She's the girl that lives next door. Um, but there are some other people. Maxine Cooper was the bank teller. She's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, Anne Barton was in this. Wesley Addy, Victor Bruno played Edwin Fled, the character that I love to hate. Um, so yeah, some really great people, but of course the big ones are Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. Yeah. So, um, let's start first with a little discussion of the movie and then maybe we can do a little bit about the Hollywood side. Sure. Of, sounds of, good. Of so, uh, what I enjoy about this movie is, um, you know, for a product of its time for when it came out in the night in 1962, I think they take a lot of liberties that a lot of movies maybe, uh, weren't doing at the time. Sure. Like, you know, we have dead animals in this movie. Oh, my God, uh, yes. And a lot of very disturbing scenes. Um, I mean, not, I mean, we, so just spoiler alert, because we give everything away on this portion of the show from a movie from 1962. Yeah. Uh, but a hammer to the back of a head. Sure. Um, I mean, there's some stuff in here that they do that I don't necessarily think they were doing at the time. It's, it's a very violent movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the um, psychological torment yeah. is really where this movie, like, takes a corner because there are things that, um, if, you, if you're not familiar with the movie, um, it, it begins with uh, a nondescript... Uh, well, it starts with Baby Jane, and you kind of learn about that, but then there's a very nondescript where you don't see anybody's faces. You only see kind of what happens in the aftermath. Because of, we, we know that Blanche is in a wheelchair, right. and we know that Jane is taking care of her, well, but then we learn the reason why. Right, and there there is a moment where a car, basically someone is going to open a gate... And the other person that's driving the car rams the gate. And what you're led to believe is that that is how Blanche loses her uh, her bottom half. And, and it was Jane that was driving that the was car. That was driving the car, yeah. Of course, at the end, what we discover... Well, let's, let's, let's go through a little bit more before okay. we go to, right to the end. Sure. Um, because I think that um, what makes this movie stand out is... Um, the performances. Yeah. I think uh, both Betty Davis and Joan Crawford give amazing performances in this. Uh, and I think, you know, given that Joan Crawford's stature at the time, and Betty Davis to a, a certain extent as well, but like to have her in a wheelchair with a gross ass wig on and yeah. also then being tied to a bed later on and for the most part towards the end of the movie just being a vegetable like that's yeah. pretty big to tell a huge actress that she's just going to be confined to a bed or a wheelchair an entire movie without a doubt 
And then we have Betty Davis, who is really the crux of the movie. She's the one that's leading the action. She's the one that's doing all the manipulation. Uh, she kills her bird. She serves her her bird on a silver platter. And then she serves her a rat a rat. later on. Like it's a I, love, I love that part right before where she's like... By the way, Blanche, we got rats in the cellar. And then she like goes around the corner, just like wait for the reaction. And there's a great dichotomy in that, in that scene because there is the showing of Betty Davis's character um, laughing and then Joan Crawford's character sobbing. Totally. And there's like a weird, like they go back and forth. Yeah. Um, the only part that um, for me seemed dated at this point is <laughs> where they're trying to mimic, they're trying to mimic that Joan Crawford is going crazy. Yeah. And so they just have her spin around in her wheelchair. <laughs> I know, I know. Right. right and they sure. do like the overhead shot and I'm just like, it's, it reminds me. It was very me, Hitchcocky. Well, it reminds me of um, Julie James and I know you did last summer where she's yeah, like, what yeah. are you waiting for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, but in sure. a wheelchair. Right. So, oh gosh, that's just like one part where I was like, kind of like, mm, maybe, yeah. maybe hasn't, maybe hasn't aged right, the best. Right. But um, overall, I think this movie is super solid. I oh think God, that yeah. the ending is so wackadoo. The ending is so wackadoo. Um, but what are, what are some of the things that you really enjoy about this movie? Uh, I mean, like you said, the, the performances. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to be careful how I talk about those because, uh, you know, the, um, the maid, oh, what's her damn name? Elvira. Elvira, thank you. I thought Elvira was spectacular. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the writing for Elvira especially was great. She was not um, she was not like resigned to be just being a black maid. I love that when she figures out that the door is locked, her immediate reaction is, I'm taking the bolts off I this know, door. Right? Totally, totally. Um, but I, I thought her character was wonderful. It was wonderfully written and wonderfully performed. Um, I think Betty Davis just knocks it out of the park in this movie. I think that playing drunk is really hard. Yeah. Um, because the, you, you see somebody in the film who plays drunk really bad and that's edwin edwin flag who's the big who's he's the big guy that is like the accompanist who like it's like fake falls in love with her right yeah edwin flag um, is basically um she puts an ad in the paper yeah. and uh for a musician because uh betty Davis. she's is, gonna bring her show back she's gonna bring baby jane back and so she wants a musician to help her score all of her previous well, you know what no one puts baby in the corner um <laughs> clearly um but I mean, edwin flag plays drunk terribly he yeah, plays drunk I would like a, like a wincy mincy just ridiculous person and it and you can see how bad it is and i wish that they would have cast that role differently or written it out entirely um but they didn't whatever uh in the meantime uh betty davis plays a bipolar uh person who has suffered trauma person who has suffered probably abuse in her life person who is very clearly addicted to substances well and i think she's also has like a very harsh streak of narcissism without a doubt and you see that at the beginning when she's like she waits until she's in front of a crowd to and then, cha- and to then she demands ice cream yeah. right but i mean like these things aren't they, they're not they don't happen in a vacuum they happen oh because, yeah you know, people people make these things happen you know along with you um so and i think she plays the nuances really well when she when she's wasted like she's like she you can tell betty davis knows how to fucking drink right yeah. because she knows what it's really like right um and when she is greatly disturbed which happens a couple of times where she's just sort of uh, really just like a little bit, I can't think of the word right now, but just a little bit like, you know, just, just under the surface, you can, she just kind of plays it that way, just a little bit under. 
uh, and it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. And it's striking, and it just brings you right into it with her, and you can feel how disturbed she is because you feel it too. Yeah, I love how she plays drunk appropriately. Like yeah. there are so many movies where somebody will Ugh. chug like half a bottle of vodka, and you're just like, that's not realistic. And yeah, like, dude, you would you would literally be blacked out. Yeah, now. exactly. And uh, trust the, us, we know. <laughs> we've tried. It's, <laughs> kind, it's kind of true, but not not maybe not that far. But yeah, I would agree. It's very realistically played, and, and I think and I think Joan Crawford does does a fantastic job too. I mean, I think that they, I think it was a you know we, we all know about the feud between between the both of them. We'll and talk I'm, a little and, bit more. Yeah, about sure. That. And I'm sure that it was very hard for them on set to play, but it shows you the type of old stalwart, you know, just old dame actresses mm-hmm. in in the golden age of Hollywood who took acting very, very seriously. And it didn't matter they hated each other. They were going to go on. They were, and they were doing gonna, the role. And they were going to fucking do it the best they possibly could. And just and so, they did. Just so our listeners are aware, like neither of them wanted to do this movie. Yeah, they were like, very against doing it. They were at a, a part in their career where they had, um, you know, quote unquote, in Hollywood terms, aged out of the limelight as far as like playing the main lead. And they were now in a different category of actress. And the executives that were kind of, that they belonged to, for lack of a better term, right. like told them, you know, we're going to do this horror movie. And they were like, I don't want to do a horror movie. Like horror was still so passe at this time. Like yeah. it was so like looked down. So, upon. so different. Yeah. Uh, where, and, and this is interesting because after this, Joan Crawford really goes on to do a lot of horror movies like hush, hush, sweet Charlotte. Um, there's some other ones that she does after this, that this like kind of sprung her into. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the ending. Sure. I, I mean, and, and in the end, um, the, 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 it's that's, revealed. that's where we find the twist. Yeah. And so on the, so, uh, basically what's, what's happened to get us here is that, uh, Jane has killed, has killed Elvira mm-hmm. uh, or so we think she, uh, she's probably she dead. Cause she, she, oh, yeah. no, wait out. She stashes she, her body. We, we know she's yeah. dead. That's right. So we know she's dead. Edwin comes over and discovers everything. He runs out and then Jane gets very scared and she knows that she has to get out of there along with, with Blanche. And it's, it's a, a direct correlation to the beginning of the movie right. because at the beginning of the movie in the accident jane's reaction to the accident is to, was run, to run away, away. yeah and, and so, so she does it again now when this happens it forces yeah. her to kind of repeat that activity of like it's your it's your like flight or fight right. mentality and, and so, she's a flyer and so she takes she takes blanche to the seaside where her career began where her dad um, used to watch her, her daddy used to watch her <laughs> Um, and then um, she lays on the sand for a while and makes a sandcastle until it's she's time. Insane. Until she's it, insane. Yeah, she's insane. <laughs> until it's time to go get ice cream. And when she goes to get the ice cream, then there happen to be some police there. They're actually talking about the case right then. This is one of the parts where I was like, wait a second. I know. Hold right? on. But, you know, movies. <laughs> there, there are literally, I'd say... 30 people at this beach right, right right and nobody notices this woman in like full like black dirty dress yeah, dress yeah like that can't move yeah exactly <laughs> and, and another and, crazy woman and, 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 and in a white child's dress it's all like dirty on the bottom yeah. so yeah, i mean yeah so they're there eventually the police come down and they find her but 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 right before that blanche blanche, blanche tells jane you have to listen to me all these years, I let you believe that it was you driving the car. You weren't driving because you were too drunk that night and I wouldn't let you drive. And so I was so mad at you for how cruel you were to me at the party that night. You you were imitating me. You were doing this. You were doing that. And so when you went to open the gate, 
I rammed the car into you. And while I did that, you were actually fine, but I was the one who snapped my spine in right, the car right. and I was paralyzed. See, that's another thing that we really haven't talked about a little uh, a bit is that um, baby Jane has this uncanny ability to mimic her, her sister. Really? So Did she, she like it? Yeah, <laughs> she, uh, there's one part in the movie where she calls the local... Uh, I guess you saw liquor store, yeah, but Hudson, um, or Hudson Liquors or something. I yeah, don't, something yeah, whatever. Like that, yeah. No, because that's our last name. <laughs> I, I think in the same thing, right? <laughs> um, she calls the liquor store or pharmacy or whatever you want right. to call it. I want to order some liquors, <laughs> and which, is, which is what she says. <laughs> I, this is Jane Hudson. I want to order some liquors. I need six bottles of scotch and two bottles of gin. We're, we're, go, we're going out for Michael's birthday tonight, <laughs> and I'm literally at whatever bar we go to first. I'm going to say. I want to order some liquors. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but she has this uncanny ability because they're sisters and because they're so familiar with each other, she can mimic her sister. So in times of need for that talent, she uh, kind of comes across and becomes Joan Crawford's character. And not only can she mimic her voice perfectly, but she can also mimic her signature. So she can sign the checks. And so Blanche discovers at one point that Jane has been writing all of these checks, which is, of course, contributing to how little money they now have, which is why they want to sell the house which is why jane is so pissed well i think i'm i i I, so i might be reading too much into it but to me after we kind of go through all the motions of the movie i'm not necessarily sure it was monetarily motivated Hmm. i think that she literally just wanted to like my sister needs to go live somewhere where they can take care of her Uh, and i need to and i need to go live somewhere where there are not stairs yeah sure (laughs) i mean i mean fair enough you know like but i mean but it it also could have been because i mean if she wasn't making any money doing the movies yeah but they they do cut to um in the beginning of the movie they kind of tell you that there is a whole week devoted on tv to her sure so she should be be making money she'd be making money from that i i think it's motivated by the need to get out of the situation it could be and which would make total sense i mean how I'm sure there's plenty of people out there. We we know people that have been like, "Hey, gonna get a new apartment next year, so not living with you anymore." Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean. Like, hey, it's been nice. Bad roommates. Gotta go yeah, now. Yeah. Bye. Um. So can we talk? Um. Let's talk just a tiny bit about the real life Hollywood stuff that was going on during this. <laughs> sure. Because uh, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford hated each other without a doubt. There is a report that Betty Davis had a Coke machine put on the set of the movie. Because Crawford was married to the chairman of Pepsi. (laughs) That's so good. And in turn, Joan Crawford went around the world and pretty much told anybody that was uh, going to vote for um, Betty Davis to not vote for her in the best uh, actress category. Um, And so Betty Davis was going to be the first actress to win the Best Actress uh, award for three times in a row. Oh, wow. Uh, and she, she would have been the first. But, and, you know, like, I don't know what else was up that year. And, like, I'm too busy to, to look at the IMDb right now, so I'm not going to. <laughs> um, but I would guess that... Uh, she had to have had one of the best, if not the best, performance of that year. Yeah, like, for sure. She was fucking incredible. Yeah. And so... You know, I, I suppose that um, she probably did feel really robbed. And that's, Carson asked her, like, you know, did you feel really emotional about that? And she said, I was furious that I yeah. didn't win. I was furious that I, that I didn't win. And I don't think that their feud ever really uh, no. had had a... Uh, 
denouement. Yeah. Like, a resolution. A resolution, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and Joan Crawford herself, memorialized in Mommy Dearest, you know, certainly has been accused of having her own issues, uh, intense yeah. logical problems. Yeah. So out of seven stripes, because if you've never been to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, we judge on a seven stripe scale for the seven colors of the rainbow. Maddie, what do you give Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? You know, I'm going to give this movie a solid six. Um, I really hate the character of Edwin Flagg and his mom. Like, mm-hmm. I, I hate it so much that this loses part of a star for me. Like, I mean, yeah. I get it, like, because we have to have somebody to discover it. But we did not need the flags at all. So that brings it down to a six, which is still a fucking great score. Yeah. Um, I am just, uh, just because of my mentality now in life and whatever, watching it this time, I, I, I begged it to just get on with it because it is a little long. It's too, like, it's a solid it's, two it's hour movie. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to come down just a little bit, but that's not because I didn't enjoy the movie. So I will give Whatever Happened to Baby Jane a 5.5. Okay. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I just think it's I think it's great. Okay, then that will take us out of whatever happened to Baby Jane, and we will take a quick break and come right back with Starry Eyes. Welcome to Big Taters. My name is Sarah. Can I start you guys off with an order of our freedom tots? We got all these people, all our friends. They're just sitting around trying to figure out what to do, trying to figure out how to make something. I thought you were avoiding me. Why would you think that? Because I stole your role. Come on, do you later. I work so hard. Every week it's a new class, a new audition. Hopefully you'll see something in me. I know I'd be great for this. We'll be in touch. I'm your girl. I will do whatever it takes for this role. Welcome back. And we're on to our second film selection for this episode. Uh, Very relevant to what we've been talking about today. It's called Starry Eyes. I forget what year, but Andrew will tell us. Andrew, take it away. Yes. So Starry Eyes from 2014, directed by Kevin Kolsch and starring um, Alex Esso as Sarah, Amanda Fuller as Tracy, Noah Segan as... What does that name say? I don't even remember. As one of as one of the characters, as, this person as plays it. Danny, uh, Fabian 
Therese as Fabian. the Fab oh Fa- <laughs> that makes much more sense. Fabian Therese as the bitch Aaron. Uh, we'll get more into that later, and then a whole cast of characters from that point. Starry Eyes is about the young Sarah who has resigned her life to moving to L.A. to pursue acting while working at the infamous Big Taters. Uh, she then gets called... Can, can you just say that again? Where <laughs> does she work? Big Taters. It's perfect. Where they sell Freedom Tots as a special. Big Taters. Okay. Um, and uh, the crux of the story is that she's called in for a big audition and um, through some extreme circumstances is called back and eventually offered the role of a lifetime, but with some very disturbing circumstances. So, Maddie, why don't you tell me a little bit about your experience with Starry Eyes? Have you has seen this before? What What's kind of your I deal? I had not seen it. I might have heard about it from you, I think, at some point, but I, I had never watched it until last night. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's some film. Um, there are, uh, it's, it's, it's very gory. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not for the faint of heart. It, it's not. Um, and there were definitely parts of it. Uh, you know, I watched it, of course, on my couch, looking at my TV. I had to put my hand up in front of the TV so that I was not going to watch some various things happening, including fingernails coming off yeah. and maggots being thrown up. Um, a lot of that kind of just stomach churning sort of stuff. And for our listeners that have not seen this movie yet and would like to see it, it is on Amazon Prime. It is. And yes. I believe Shudder as well. You know, I just want to say, finally, oh, no, no, Baby Jane I had to rent. Nope, we had to rent Baby I Jane. I had to rent Baby Jane. <laughs> damn, the, the, curse, the curse persists. The curse continues. <laughs> oh, damn it. Anyways, um, but sorry, I was thankful we had at least one film we didn't have to pay mm-hmm. for. Um, yeah, I, I think it was really good. And I think it goes right along with our whole Hollywood horror um, theme because it's it's really um i think a um it's a it's a story on it's a riff on like what uh what it actors to a think, think they have mm-hmm. to do to become a star the gate is open yeah and i mean like i mean there are some parts of it like that that are maybe a little bit silly but like i think that like it speaks to that that whole problem of like why why do people think that you have to um exploit yourself to get something that like you think you need, but in the end you actually really don't. Well, and it's interesting because in this particular case, she does get what she wants. But what does she actually get? Because that that that's yeah. part of the thing is like we don't really know. We don't know going forward what's going to happen. Yeah, and like I mean, there. Are, so like, basically, what she has to do, folks, um, is she has to go suck the dick of the yeah, producer, she has to perform a sexual act yeah, with the producer, exactly of, of of this production company called Astraeus Productions or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and so, like the first time she goes to see the producer, she won't do it. She yeah. runs out of the room. She does what probably ninety five percent of people would do hopefully they do and then and then she says you know what actually no i'm gonna do this well i think what she's and this kind of bleeds into what we talked about in our previous uh conversation around horror in real life is that um the night that she kind of uh goes back to him is the same night where she is introduced to drugs essentially because up to that point she's kind of more of the straight laced character yeah uh and the guy uh her one of her good friends danny offers her kind of a probably molly yeah or like um 
what would you call uh, what's the what's the dance drug uh ecstasy <laughs> but 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 now but now most kids don't don't take ecstasy anymore now they take molly which is oh. very which is very similar i'm i'm it's like I'm it's like the, the times it's the same sort of like chemical compound okay. thing but it's like basically. it makes you like feel yeah like, like you feel intense you, you want to like party and have yeah. fun so she's offered thing. she's offered that in kind of a fuck it moment with with danny where yeah. danny's like you didn't you shouldn't have to do that to like get anything. Come be in my movie. Exactly. Uh, keep in mind, she's surrounded by friends that are all kind of, you know, quote unquote, in the industry. Very L.A. friends. Yeah. It, and that's, I think, one of the best things about this movie is that this feels L.A. Yeah. Like the people in it do a good job of. It feels L.A. film. Yeah. Like it feels like um, L.A. outside of the right. Elite. You know yes. what I mean? Like people trying to make it. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's going to make a movie and he kind of flip flops back and forth between her and Aaron uh, of like who's going to be in the movie as the lead. Yeah. And he, he's kind of manipulating the situation to, to get some sort of like romantic Without involvement doubt, with course, either of, of them. Of course he is. Um, but it, it's in that moment where she's drugged and she's kind of seeing around her like what this. OK, so this is my life. This is what I will continue to have. And unless I do this thing with yeah. Astraeus pictures and it's in that same night that she calls them back and says i want to come back in and see him and then <laughs> i want to come night, back in and suck your dick yes it's very true <laughs> which is what happens but it, it's it's played off like astraeus pictures is almost cult-like because you have it is you have these people that are in black masks and wearing black robes and you see at the end of the movie where they kind of march to her grave yeah. where she's reborn there there are some kubrickian parts of it like that oh I yeah i didn't even think about it you that know, way um, yeah. like, what, what, what's the one duh um shining not the shining uh, tom, tom cruise Oh, eyes, uh, eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Thank you. I, I couldn't think of it. Um, that that sort of like mask. And yeah, like, you know yeah. that that and like the sex kind of thing. I didn't even think about that. But when Good when um, you know after she sucks sucks yawn dick. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say sucks suck dick. As well, much let's as I just can. say that this movie is very um, 50-50. First half is very much like the typical Hollywood story. Yeah, it's right. the typical. I'm an actress who also has a waitress job, and I have friends, and we're all trying to make it. And that there's this bitch that always side, and then, side comments me. And then we get to the point, the turning point, where she finally decides to succumb to the uh, Astraeus pictures. She she um, sucks the dick, and then uh, she wakes up the next day and thinks. Things go downhill from there, and they go downhill fast. Oh like yeah, she like it instantly looks like she's on meth, pretty yep. much. Like her mouth is weird, her nose is weird. She starts losing her she, fingernails. She gets to work and like she she's like drooling, drooling and she, into the food. And he, she gets fired right away, of course. Yeah, her feet, like you said, her feet. was like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then she like throws up mats at one part in the tub. Yeah, funny. Uh, we looked up some of the common, uh, not the commentary, some of the trivia around this, but she actually put the maggots in her mouth and threw them up for... I just gotta say, that's a little <laughs> ironic considering the things that her character has to do to get a part in, in the movie in the movie, and then outside of it, she's like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. I'll, it's my I'll do it, it's Not fine. a problem. Because I got some news for you folks. You don't have to do that, actually. You don't have to do that. <laughs> So don't she went method. Don't you know? Don't put maggots in your mouth. Don't. It's not worth it. But yeah, she starts losing her hair. Um, and and she's she's getting these she's dying. subliminal messages saying you have to murder your own Kill life. You murder your old life. That's right. Kill your Kill own them. life. So what she decides to or not? I guess she doesn't decide. Going over and 
killing, killing all of her friends. She kills all of her friends. And it turns into like a straight up like slasher movie for a couple minutes. Yeah. And then she is like reborn. Being. Body. She has like new eyes that are like a sparkling emerald green. She's completely bald all of a sudden. Um, her skin is like perfect and beautiful. Yeah. Um, I'm not into them, but her boobs look very nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just they give her this gift of this like beautiful dress and this beautiful wig and this yeah. and the new necklace, necklace that yeah. is the Astraeus logo. Um, and so I guess that that's what I mean is like, well, she got what she wanted, but like we don't un- unfortunately we don't really know what that is. I think it's celebrity I stardom. Guess. I guess. And she, I, I just want to back up just as the brutality of <laughs> these murders. Um, which part? Um, Bring it up. There, it's there, all over. There are two specifically that are super graphic. Yeah. There is, oh, so yeah. there's Aaron, who is kind of like this bitch character. He has like a backhanded compliment. And she is, girl, she a bitch oh, yeah. in this movie. It's, it's these backhanded compliments where yeah. you're like, well, yeah, we're friends, but like, I'm going to insult you. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, and then uh, she basically gets slashed in the face, uh, stabbed in the stomach, uh, drags herself across the room to get stabbed again. It's it's horrific. Yeah. And then her other friend um, gets her head bashed in over and over again by a, like a, 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 dumbbell. a dumbbell, basically. And not just like once or twice. I mean like like eight times. And we are talking not turning away from the camera yeah, we, type of bashing. You, you see her head like break open and it's just, it's 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 pretty bad. It's pretty rough. She kills another guy by stabbing stabbing him in the back like mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And the way that uh, so her kind of like um romantic lead, I guess, yeah. who she stabs in the chest multiple times, but the way that he he does um dying in a way in a movie you don't see it done as well a yeah. lot of times where you kind of see the life fade from his his, right. yeah. his person. Sure. And I thought that was done really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually think this movie's done very well for the subject matter that we're being presented with. I think that... Um, I, think it's, I think it's pretty good. Given, given a schlockier... Uh, director or creator it could have come off as like very yeah like not as serious like there's a part in the movie where um it's very it's passed upon in the movie but there's a part where one of the girls they're like having like instagram photo shoot at the side of the pool like so la and the one girl slips and like cracks her either her nose or her (laughs) mouth like on the pool deck and um Sarah kind of the our main character Sarah kind of like chuckles. laughs at it yeah, and the, and the and her roommate is like what the fuck dude like she yeah. just hurt herself and but it was funny because I, I kind of laughed at the same time and and I, I was saying when I got to Andrew's house today I also laughed and I was like <laughs> good 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 riddance good, yeah seriously good riddance you motherfucker uh, but yeah um I think Starry Eyes if you have not seen it unfortunately we just spoiled it for you but you should definitely go and check it out because uh, yeah. I think it's 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 a it's a swift 95 minutes it gets in and out real quick I mean spoil spoil or not you should seen it like it's it's you should see it <laughs> spoil or not spoiler or not you should see it um it's it's a it's a it's a it's a good film um I've, it's it's a little too gory for me i'm not i'm yeah, not into sure. gore that's just not my thing um so there were plenty of parts where i had to kind of look away to be fair i kind of to be fair but, i kind of forgot how gory it was oh it's gory so it's pretty gory but given our subject matter i think it fits i think it totally well. fits and i and i think it is a good indictment against sort of the madness of hollywood and how um, young artists are treated all over the place. Yeah. 
Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's the thing is like Sarah doesn't really get what she wanted. What she wanted was to be an actress. She gets a version. Instead, she gets some crazy ass version that you don't want because yeah. it, it means that you will be beholden to somebody forever, which in this case now, who is she beholden to? Astraeus. forever. She's always going to be connected to this. Yeah. And she's part of like the uh, old, old white people society. Yeah, so she doesn't, she thinks she has freedom, but she doesn't. Oh, good way of putting it. I like that. Um, anything else you would like to talk about with Starry? I think our main actress does a fantastic job. I think job. she's great. I, I thought I thought everyone did a great when job. When she when she suffers, I am suffering along with her. I just want them to suffer. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? No, like, I do. She yeah. does a great job. There, there's a portion in the movie where she's literally dragging herself across the floor, and I was like, I need you to just. I need you to just go. Yeah, like seriously. this is really just like die making me pain. Just be dead. Um, but yeah, uh, Great I think film. that what do you starry eyes, I am out of a seven scale given what I like about this movie. And I, I actually am more like, I don't, I don't like gore for gore's sake. Like, you know what I mean? Like torture movies, sure. but when oh, it's, I a, hate that. when it's appropriate, yeah. I, 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 I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, so I honestly, I, I think I like starry eyes a, a bit more than probably most people. And I'm going to give it a six. Okay. I'm going to give it a five. Um, I think I think it's a great um, you know independent horror movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's most certainly worth watching. Fits perfectly with what we're talking about today. So if you know if you if you've been thinking about this sort of stuff now, um, you know go ahead and watch this. It's watch so, both movies. It's so worth, of course, watch both. But yeah, give give it a watch. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. All right. So we'll close this portion out of the show and then come back with our final little game show portion and close out the show. Yay! What would you do? All right, welcome back, everybody. It's time to close out the show, and we decided that we are going to do a brand new segment because unlike a lot of our our episodes previously, to be honest, there aren't a lot of, like, hotties in these movies yeah or or, or none and there's nobody we really want to like hack up shack up or hook up with or you know we could bring a queer lens to these movies but i don't i don't know if it's necessarily needed so we're going to try a new segment inspired by our upcoming crossover with kim and cat stay alive maybe podcast called what 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 would you do but not starring john quinones yes so it's just us doing it this time Um, okay, so I'll give you one. Okay. Right? Okay, so um, you uh, don't have use of your legs. You're paralyzed. Oh, no. You're in a wheelchair. Oh, no. And um, your sister um, is uh, torturing you, and and she uh, she does everything else for you, but she's also torturing you by giving you shitty food. She doesn't let you have any phone calls, no okay. visitors, no nothing. And she's in your room right now, and she's just delivered you dinner, and you open up your dinner, and you find that it is just a big dead rat. What would you do in this situation? I would pick up the rat and throw it at my sister, (laughs) and then I would go to the window, and I would yell out to the neighbors, like, I want her to do the entire movie. Oh my god, oh my god, it's the same wavelength, totally. (laughs) I was so angry when she just wouldn't yell at the neighbor. Literally, like, open your fucking window, bitch, and yell, (laughs) Yell help me, (laughs) sing out, Louise. So you, I agree. But you would throw the rat first. I would throw the rat first right. to distract her. Solid answer. Yeah, Solid so, answer. So let me give you one. Sure. So you are a struggling actor in Hollywood, and you are you are, have gone on an audition, and it seems very promising. So okay. you are asked to the producer's house. Whoa. And he is telling you, I am giving you the role of a lifetime. You essentially are going to have the career of somebody like Brad Pitt or okay. Tom Cruise. Well, maybe not Tom Cruise, but because Scientology. But, okay, sure, um, sure, sure. And... I, 
but then he he reaches into your inner thigh and essentially says, "But you got to perform some sex sex acts for it. You got to suck my dick. What do you do?" Um, what I would do is this: I would start to suck the dick, and then I would bite the <gasps> dick. No, off. no. Yeah, I'm gonna bite the dick off because I got some news for you, buddy. I'm gonna take your ass down, and I'm not gonna let you do this to anybody else. So I'm gonna bite the dick off. And then you're going to know. But then what are you going to do with that, that piece of dick? <laughs> oh. That's me spitting it out on the ground. And then I'm going to take his head. I'm going to make him look at his dick on the ground. I'm going to say, that's your dick. Do you see that on the ground? That's your dick. And no one's ever going to suck that dick again, you stupid son of a bitch. And then I'd make him kiss his dick. And then I'd sit him back down on his chair. And then I'd throw his dick at his face. And then I would leave <laughs> his house. Good job. But I would steal something expensive. Good job. That I would leave. That's right. that's the end of my story. Great. So that's what 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 would you do? <laughs> I think Our newest segment. I think we're gonna have to do this segment more. Oh gosh. <laughs> but yes, that brings us to the <laughs> the end of episode twenty. Yeah, episode twenty. I cannot believe it. But it's incredible. Here we are. And here we are at the end of it. And folks, it was a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed our new segment. It was really hard to get John Quinones on, but we did it. Um, uh, and, you know, I hope you had a great time in this episode. Um, and, you know, just a couple of things to point out for folks. Um, number one, as always, if you like the show and you haven't reviewed us yet, could you please do that? Um, on Apple Podcasts especially, that really helps us out. Yeah, we're at 191 so currently. We're just nine away from 200. So if you haven't reviewed us yet, please do. If you've already reviewed us, then Thank won't you. you please talk about us on all of the social medias? Um, remember that our handle on Twitter and Instagram is Frygay13. That's Frygay13. And on Facebook, of course, just search for us. Um, and also, coming up in September, we're going to be in Indianapolis at the Horror Hound, Horror Weekend. Hound Weekend. It's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. There are so many celebrities we are looking forward to meeting. Yep, got to meet that Sydney Prescott. Yes. <laughs> and we know that there are some fellow podcasters out there that we're going to meet up with, too. Um, and we would love to meet you. So um, Hit us up on the Instagrams, on the Facebooks, on the Twitters. Yeah, if you're going to be there, let us know. If you'll be in Chicago soon, let us know. We'd love to see you. Um, and as just a reminder, we are on the Legion podcast network yes. and a big thank you to Bo Ransdell for hosting us there totally. and um, if you like our show you should go check out some other shows on there I think you'd really like them yes, please. Um, and then just a, a, one announcement from me is that um, our good friend um, Duncan hey Duncan uh, I'm going to be on his summer series uh, where he's exploring uh, horror movies of the 90s yes. and I will be on the 96 and the 98 episode as a co-host so or co-guest I guess I should say but so that's going to be a lot of fun look for that um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to announce. Um, like I like I mentioned earlier in this a segment, we will be doing a crossover with Kim and Ket Stay yes. Alive Maybe for hashtag All the Horror. Um, hashtag, cool. yeah, hashtag All the Horror is just a huge collaboration across Twitter yeah. um, where uh, we're going to be releasing um, with other podcasts an episode a day all through um, October. Yeah. And hey, you know, too, like uh, just to mention this, we're, we're you know, we, I think it'd be silly of us not to. Um, we're coming off the heels of two crazy shootings right now. So stay safe out there. Watch your surroundings. Look after each other. Be compassionate. Be kind. Exactly. Um, I think that will pretty much do it. it. We love all of our listeners. I love you. Um, Maddie, uh, I don't think there's anything else to do but to get, get slayed. slayed.